Hey guys, we've got an awesome episode for you today. Uh, in this interview, I'm talking with Jeff Atkinson from Huckabye.com. Jeff has a ridiculous amount of experience when it comes to SEO and organic search. Uh, he was a key part of driving Overstock.com to where they are today as basically just a massive e-commerce powerhouse. Um, and a lot of that was built on the back of organic search. We go into a ton of different things in this episode, um, but a couple things that stand out to me is the importance of, of page speed and more specifically, how to overcome the complexities of it. You probably know page speed is important, but it's a super complex thing to get right. So we talk about some tactics there. Uh, we also go into a really tactical way to integrate content into your category pages. So content's really important for SEO, but he goes into like a scalable systematic way to really uh, drive content into some of these key pages. And then the uh, other thing that we go into, which I really think is, is fascinating to touch on, is voice search. And we basically talk about why you know voice search has the potential to be as big of a shift as desktop to mobile was, right? So like mobile wasn't that important until the iPhone came out and then it was hugely important. Uh, we go into a little bit of nerd mode about voice search and how that, that switch could be flipped here in the next couple of years. Uh, and again, how to be ready for it. So if you're, if you're not considering organic as a major area to invest in, you know, you're making a mistake based on the craziness of advertising industry this past year, 2021. You know, you're probably looking at additional channels. Uh, and if you are looking at it, Jeff is a great resource to pull from. So dig into the episode, see what you can implement and definitely reach out to us based on any questions you have. Enjoy the episode today guys. Welcome to e-commerce town hall where six, seven and eight figure e-commerce store leaders learn how to scale and streamline to get to the next level. On each episode, you'll see strategies from the industry experts behind successful stores that you can take back and apply with your teams right away. The show is brought to you by helpglow.com. Helpblow provides 24-7 live chat teams to over 100 e-commerce stores and can help you drive more sales while providing an awesome customer experience through their live chat agents. Check them out at helpflow.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the show, guys. Super excited to dig into today's topic. Uh, what we're going to be talking about is organic search and SEO in particular. And, you know, paid traffic, it's really good once you crack it. If you're in e-com and you've, you know, you've you been in the game for any measure of time, I'm sure you have paid traffic built up as a channel. But, you know, with all the changes that have gone on in advertising in the last year, we're recording this in early uh, 2022, um, you might be focused on investing in other channels. And organic search, it's one of those channels that it can be a massive growth opportunity if you know how to attack it. And, and that's really the challenge with SEO, right, is, you know, at a high level, Google doesn't want you to be able to, you know, get ranked, right? And so um, with that said, there's a process to follow to get there. And today's uh, guest has a ton of experience on how to do that um, in e-com uh, and SEO in general. And so super excited to have Jeff. So Jeff Atkinson, he's the founder and CEO of Huckabye. Um, and Jeff's going to go into his background, but he knows a ton about SEO and e-commerce and really how to apply SEO and e-commerce. Um, prior to Huckabye, he was SVP of marketing and analytics at overstock.com. So gigantic brand. And he was just deep in all things SEO, um, again, for one of like the biggest enterprise web brands. So he's, he's learned a thing or two about how to do it. Um, and he started Huckabye to basically like scale that impact of that SEO experience um, and be able to you know, scale that impact of what he's learned across more brands. And so Huckabye, uh, he'll go into it, but it improves your search results. 
Um, you know, obviously helps you drive more organic traffic and just um, through a range of offerings makes you kind of future proof for SEO is the kind of the way that I would word it. Those are my words, not his. But today we're going to dig into uh, his experience when it comes to SEO and, and really make it actionable for you guys um, to be able to apply this and really um, either start organic as a channel or really focus on scaling it. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you. Thanks, John. It's great to be here and um, great to talk e-commerce. I don't get to do that all the time. So uh, it's always a pleasure when I get to chat e-com. Awesome. Awesome. We were joking uh, on the the uh, planning call the other day about um, my background in SEO too. I, I was deep in it mm -hmm. uh, before, um, before Helpflow. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool just to kind of reminisce and go back and kind of get back into the, the technical parts. I'm excited to kind of nerd out a little bit. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> spare the listeners some of that because SEO guys can get, can get pretty nerdy, uh, at times, but I'm excited to dig back into it. Um, but as, as far as like, you know, first things first, give us kind of an overview of your journey in SEO and, and e-com and, um, help us understand like where this expertise comes from. Absolutely. So <clears throat> I took a job in 2005 right after graduating college, the ground floor of overstock.com. Um, I was, you know, bottom of the rung, but had sort of a mind for internet marketing. I started in email marketing, um, worked my way into, you know, search and website analytics and conversion rate optimization. And really, we didn't know anything about SEO. And we, we got wind of a, of a SEO expert out there, a guy named Paul Bremer, who uh, worked at Red Door Interactive, which you have overlap with as well. And Paul just turned us on to it. And I remember going up to Patrick, the founder and CEO of Overstock's office and being like going to the whiteboard and kind of explaining what I had just learned about SEO and that this was kind of a crazy way that you could get all this free traffic if you optimized your website in a way that Google can understand what's going on. And as a result, you know, we went from a channel of zero to a channel of over 300 million in just a few short years. So it was a really aggressive push, um, learned a ton. We tried pretty much everything. I think at some point we had over 40 people working on SEO, half of which were developers. So sort of unlimited amounts of resources, which I know your listeners won't necessarily have, but a lot of these sort of tips that I have and tricks that I'll I'll tell your listeners are, are relevant to any size e-commerce business and sort of how you can shortcut and, and, and make results a lot quicker than, than normal. So we did start at the very ground floor with no real SEO traffic whatsoever to obviously a massive brand on the SEO front and really changed the business of Overstock. It was a huge channel and it kind of made Overstock into this home and garden company as a result of keyword research and, and finding the right product for what people were searching for. And, and I can get into that a little bit as well. But yeah, then after Overstock, so I spent seven years there. I was the SVP over marketing and analytics. We did a bunch of cool stuff. Um, founded Huckabye. And Huckabye takes a lot of the tech stack type things, the technical things in terms of how a site communicates with Google and makes them a SaaS solution. Because Having 40 people working on SEO is just not realistic for 99.9% .9 of businesses. It's a hard project. It's a very technical project. SEO is very technical. And wouldn't it be nice if there was a SaaS solution for it? Something you could buy, plug in, and literally just grow as a result. Um, that didn't really exist in the SEO space. And so that's the purpose of Huckabye, staying ahead of the curve, 
let us stay ahead of the curve so that you know you kind of have that box checked as Google changes, which they're going to and constantly do, you're going to have this perfect relationship with Google. So that's kind of my journey now, Huckabay, you know, about five years in, uh, we're growing really quickly. We've got tons of prominent customers. Um, we have enterprise down to startups to, you know, much smaller businesses. And yeah, we're just focused on growing, having our customers grow their organic channel through our software. We're not a services company as quickly as possible. So that's, that's my background. And I never thought I'd be like an SEO guy. You know, I started my career, but I just seem I can't get away from it. So uh, here I am. Nice. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like um, my journey into SEO was, I, I feel like most people don't start in SEO. They start in something surrounding SEO or they start in something around uh, in, in web marketing and then they end up encountering SEO. Everybody encounters SEO, but some people get enamored by it of like, look at this. You know, I can picture you drawing on the whiteboard. Like I remember those yeah. days. Um, or they go, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. I don't understand it. And you're either, you're on one side or the other. Um, and yeah. so I totally resonate with what you're saying. Um, I call it yeah. like the circulatory system of the internet, right? It's like, it's like the oxygen, it's the blood flow. Like it, it's, it's, you know, it can't be denied and either you, you know, you either participate or you die. It's just a yeah. necessary thing. And it's also part of everything too. Like, um, you know, I, I stay pretty close to, to our clients as far as trying to understand like what strategies and stuff they're doing, even though like we're, we're fairly focused just on live chat and conversions. Um, I, I like learning about everything that they're doing. And when we talk about SEO, like one of the things I always tell clients is like, SEO is, is a part of everything you do. Like, it's not really just something like you just do SEO and then you get ranked. It's more of like, it needs to be a part of the technical structure the content, yep. the marketing initiatives. When you do that partnership with that big brand, like there's a lot of SEO aspects to that. And so, um, yeah, mm -hmm. it's just part of everything. But I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, I want to start us off a little bit broad. Um, we're going to go into like some of the, you know, future-proofing um, SEO strategies in a couple minutes. But what are the main gains that you would see for an e-commerce store? And, and, and I had mentioned on our call before, um, the typical uh, audience member for us is, you know, an e-com store only really. I'm um, sure we have other listeners, but it's a pretty hardcore e-com. Uh, and I would say like the revenue size is around like that one to two million to $10 million range. Um, we'll definitely have mm -hmm. some listeners uh, below and above that, but I think that's kind of the sweet spot, um, at least as far as our client mm -hmm. base. And so I'm curious um, for those types of stores, like what are the biggest gains that they should focus on, you know, maybe over like a 12 month period, right? Like what are the big things that a store should be focused on if they haven't really focused on SEO before? Yeah, that's a really fun and exciting time for an e-commerce company because usually it's kind of hyper growth days or it could be hyper growth days. And almost every e-commerce company that does experience hyper growth gets it in a lot of ways through their, e through their SEO for new customer acquisition. And then once those new customers are signed up, they have a fabulous CRM and email marketing system. So it's definitely a critical co component for growth in that sort of one to $10 million range, which can be a really exciting time because it can be really hyper growth. So the first thing is, is keywords, right? Knowing what keywords you wanna rank for and even sometimes having keywords drive what products you sell. It's much easier to find a large amount of demand, meaning like searches online and fulfill the product for those searches than saying, I'm gonna take this idea or this product and I'm gonna stuff it down your throat. Um, that's how Overstock transitioned into a home and garden company from a jewelry watches uh, electronics company. 
there wasn't a lot of competition, but in the, in the space of, of furniture and bedding and all those things, all those big box retailers really weren't savvy to SEO in 2007, 2010. So we just swept in there, built a supply chain out that had all those products and we just took off. Um, so keywords are really important and it's not just keywords and what products you, know, you have to support those keywords, but also making sure those keywords are in your navigation. So your top navigation, call things what people search for. Probably the navigation and the optimization of the navigation is the easiest and more, most important quick win you can get as an e-commerce company in that range. So do your keywords, does the demand match how you're displaying your navigation on the site? Um, after that, I'd say structured data, which is this language that allows a search engine to, to easily understand an e-commerce site. There's product structured data, which is sort of the most, it's the most used structured data on the internet. It says, you know, this is a product, here's the name, here's the price, here are the reviews, and it queues all that up. So when you people search for your product, you actually see like the star ratings that are in the search results. That's all powered by that language. The next thing would be page speed has become very important. So page speed doesn't just correlate to SEO results. It's a huge factor now as of 2021. Google did a massive update that's all about page speed, but it also will help your time on site, your conversion rate, your page views, and ultimately just correlates with revenue. So that's one of those KPIs that a one to $10 million e-com site probably isn't thinking about, but is a very important KPI is how fast are your pages loading. And then just a quick sort of trick is your categories. Your categories are going to be the keywords that, that are more what they call like head terms. So I'll use the example of like, Memory foam mattress, that's like a very important term for overstock, but each business has those terms. And a lot of companies, they'll take those categories and they'll just list products. But those category pages, because they're so important to rank, they need to actually have a content strategy behind them as well. So you'll naturally have content on product pages with descriptions and reviews, but how do you feed content that search engines really are craving onto your category pages? Um, so that's that's a really kind of, and you can do neat things like one every, every five reviews and a category goes into the category page instead of the product page. But those are some quick wins, navigation, structured data, page speed, a content strategy for your category pages. Um, that's a really great one-year roadmap to just get you know flying along. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot here. I want to dig into a couple of these. Um, I'm going to come back to page speed in a second, um, but I want to stay on the content strategy for category pages. Um, can you rattle off a couple more ways that you've seen, you know, big brands be able to do that? You mentioned like one of every five product reviews, pump those into the category page. Can you kind of give us some more ideas? Because I think for definitely from like my consulting days, I remember this where it's like, okay, let's put a content block on the page, right? And then it's like, okay, now we have mm -hmm. content, but that's not like a strategy, right? So what are the things that you mm -hmm. see happen that um, are valuable content for the, the viewers of the page? It does the job for SEO. And then also that it, it scales, you know, it's something that can just be part of the business's strategy, not just something the SEO guy puts on there. Yeah. Well, you know, the one that I left off the list that's really coming to mind right now is, is links, right? Inbound links from external sources is going to be critical for any e-commerce company to be successful, especially, you know, you might be known to humans, but if you're not known to search engines, the way you get known from search engines is inbound links. 
So it needs to be something interesting, um, which can be tricky. Uh, getting inbounds links is probably the most complicated and awkward thing about SEO. Um, we actually have a product specifically for generating content on category pages. It's called our content curator. And what it does is it grabs, say you have like an Instagram feed, you can copy and paste an Instagram post. It'll go at the bottom of your page. And then you just, it basically inserts it. And then you write a comment about that post or same thing for, you know, find an article or a picture or a tweet or something that's relevant. It's just giving you an excuse to write a little bit of content. And it's that, that unique content that you're going to write. It's like a paragraph long and having that refresh, you know, ideally daily or weekly or whatever your content schedule is really impacts the page. So the big wins are definitely on things that are scalable. So you can actually do it at least once a week and the page changes in a meaningful way once a week. For e-commerce, by far the most efficient content strategy is user-generated content through reviews. So if you aren't incentivizing your customers to leave reviews in some way or another, giving them a coupon on their next purchase. That's just a no brainer. You just need to be doing that. And if you can take some of that content and move it onto the category page instead of the product page, you'll be in really good shape. Um, those are sort of my suggestions. It, it, you, if you can get really creative, you know, have video content that displays and anytime you have a video or any kind of other piece of content, writing a little blurb about describing it, um, anyway, you can just make that page, you know, have some substance to it that's, that's you know, interesting to a search bot and gets updated on a regular basis. You, you yep. can be very successful. I love that. One, that uh, reminds me of one of the interviews we did with a company called VideoWise um, that essentially they enable you to showcase, um, you know, videos and, and YouTube reviews and those types of things. Um, and I imagine that's something that would be interesting to integrate to you. Um, but it was kind of this, uh, what I'm really hearing from you is take what's already out there, showcase that regularly on the category pages, make it relevant to that page, make it real or make it uh, unique content also like summarize it or something. Um, and then have a system to do that. And I think that's for the listeners. Like that's the key thing to understand from this is like, just like Facebook ads, right? Like you don't just put an ad up and then like, oh my gosh, I hope it works. It's like, there's a system to optimize You're monitoring metrics. You're doing a number of things and then you do it forever, essentially. Um, SEO yeah, and step one is, is really just finding the location. As simple as that can sound, it's like above the footer, below the products or after 10 rows of products, you insert a content and then you can get creative on what you want to put there. That's yeah. relevant to your customers. Don't worry about it, distracting them from buying. If they're going to buy, they're going to buy. It never hurts conversion rate to have more content on a category page. Um, but find the location and then figure out what you want to use to fill it. That's, as you said, it's, it's repeatable. You can keep doing it. So I want to go to page speed. Um, so a lot of our clients are on Shopify, super common with e-com. Um, I would say the majority of them are on Shopify plus. Um, but one of the things that I know has become, um, you know, a big thing in the last, I don't know, I'll probably get the time frame wrong. Definitely last year, probably more like two years, um, is this whole journey to going headless, um, on Shopify. And I'm, I'm curious if you have any, um, experience with the pros and cons of doing that. Cause we've seen clients do it and it's, it's a big undertaking. It's not like just a different Shopify account. It's a whole different animal. Um, and, 
I see some good stories of people doing well with it. I see other ones where it's like, we tried to do it, it as super expensive, it just didn't work. So they never get to kind of the end result. I guess I'm curious from you, if you have any experience in that is um, like, is that a direction that a Shopify plus store should be looking to solve the speed problem or are there other low hanging fruits that are a lot easier? You know, I'm not specifically knowledgeable on the headless piece. Maybe you could explain it just a little bit more clearly so I could give you a piece of advice on whether to do it or not. But we have a ton of Shopify customers that all struggle with page speed. And I, I don't know how many of them are headless or not. We have a partnership with Shopify that we do do page speed for them. But I don't have a specific, you'd have to give me a little bit more context of what that even means that they're headless or not. Yeah, I don't know. Um, if, I, don't know if on, uh, I don't know if I'll <laughs> explain it exactly correctly, but my understanding of it is it's essentially you're getting uh, the benefits of the Shopify backend without um, the speed uh, the issues skin. of Shopify running the front end. Yeah, it's essentially reskinning yep. it. Think, and people are going to probably say I'm wrong, but for the no, I way. think that makes sense. Yeah, so um, that is a great way to go in terms of page speed, but it is a lot of work because it's custom development work that you're going to have to now provide your own tech stack for the delivery of the site. Um, this is what we do, right? Is we, we handle the delivery of the site in the fastest possible way. Um, so I do have a lot of experience in that. I have seen customers do it themselves. Um, it's, it's hard to do. It takes a lot of engineering. Um, yeah. But customers that do end up doing it seem to be very happy with the results if they did it correctly. Um, we're definitely a workaround, <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, you could really, so that's, that's instead of investing in, in that particular piece, uh, you could find a SaaS solution that, that probably could do it for you. Nice. Help, help me understand that part then. Um, Cause I know like normally I don't go into like directly of like, tell me exactly what the product does <laughs> and like, let's sell it a bit. Yeah. But I know headless is, is it's on everyone's mind. It's a big thing. Um, yeah. Help me understand how Huckabye uh, is able to speed up Shopify plus sites and like, you know, how that process works at a high level. Let's spend, let's spend a couple minutes on that. Um, so that sure. the store owner listening to saying, okay, we got to go headless in 2022. Like maybe they look at it as like, or maybe we just need to like heavily optimize Shopify plus and figure out how to make it lightning fast. Like what, what would make that work for you guys? So page speed is sort of death by a thousand paper cuts. It's not one big thing that like all of a sudden will speed everything up. So you have lots of little projects that go into a really fast page. Um, they start with just how it's being delivered. You know, what's the tech stack of how it's being delivered? There's like images, image size, image caching. Are you minifying your JavaScript? Are you minifying your CSS? It's like a hundred little things, little projects that go into a page seamlessly being delivered. Um, and that's what we've done essentially is all, we've done all of those projects for you. So you flip the switch. We're now taking we're now the ones that are responsible for delivering the site. And we've done all those projects. Your images are going to be resized, reformatted into the latest formats that Google wants. Um, all your CSS is going to be minified. Your JSS is going to be minified. We're trying to get you, you know, the fastest possible Google Lighthouse score you can get. Um, so that's it. Even if you go the headless direction, you're still going to have to do all those hundred projects for the page to really get noticeably faster. Um, and basically we've built that into a SaaS solution. So you just turn it on and we can like, even with images and video formats that aren't supported anymore, like 50% of our customers, when they go in to use this product, they have antiquated formats that Google, that they support them, but they don't really like them. 
all that's going to get updated. So you'll be in the latest and greatest formats that Google's adopted and your page speed is just going to be faster. So it's stuff like that. We call them boosters and some boosters work a ton for some customers. Sometimes they break the sites. We have to turn them off. Um, but it's all those little projects that go into a really fast page speed. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Um, let's shift to the future proofing thing now. Like we, we've talked about, um, you know, a number of things that stores should be looking at. Um, what, what things that she, they should be looking at now, I guess now where I want to get to is like, okay, for people that are implementing these things and getting these best practices in place, um, what should they be looking at for the future of SEO? Cause I know, um, I remember from my my consulting and agency days, like I think that's part of what was really hard for business owners to understand about SEO is like it's always changing and it seems like it's just it's always something different. And how do you manage in that type of environment? So um, I guess I'm curious from you, like what are the things that you see coming as far as um, you know search technology and how to basically optimize for that and be ahead of that? Um, what are some of the trends you see? Yeah, so that's a tough one because. They're always changing and you don't know what they're going to come out with yet. Uh, although now they're much more open about it. So just paying attention to Google webmasters on where they're going is just a great start. Um, the last few big changes have been structured data, the implementation of that, then something called dynamic rendering, which basically allows you to create a copy, like a, a SEO version of your site just for Google. No JavaScript, flat HTML gives them all the content that they need. Um, their adoption of APIs specifically around uh, e-commerce companies, so feeding them your product information versus them having to crawl it, that's become very important. Uh, PageSpeed is the biggest update that they did in 2021. It was one of their biggest updates they've ever done. Um, looking forward, you know, a few things just to be on the heads up of um, voice search and being able to actually transact using voice is probably going to become something that's important over the next five years. We can get into a little bit of how to future proof for that one. Um, there's some others that, you know, that aren't really the future, but they're still going that direction, which is mobile optimization and being able to check out directly from a mobile experience. That's very fast. And that's where page speed is so important is, I don't know, a very high percentage of e-commerce purchases now happen on a mobile phone. And if the page speed's slow, then you're, you're just not going to get those conversions. Um, but you never really know. And, yeah. You, you mentioned something I, I want to stop on. Um, on our on our initial call, you said, you know, that transition to, transition to voice search is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's got, you said, you know, it's it's probably going to happen very similar to mobile about gradually, then suddenly, like everyone knew mobile was important. Okay, it's still 10%, it's still 15%. And then poof, it just essentially changed yeah. really quickly. How do you see that playing out with voice search? Like, where's it at now as far as... Um, you know, penetration in the market? And then also like, what what is it that kind of shifts us to, um, you know, heavily being driven by voice search? So the analogy to mobile is a very great example. Um, I certainly remember having a mobile phone that was a Trio or a Palm Pilot or a Blackberry. And you'd go to sites, right, with the stylus, and you'd be clicking and it just, it was so slow that it, you just, it was so much easier just to get your laptop or go to your desktop and buy. Like it, there was no reason for a user to even bother with it. And then the iPhone came along and then connection speeds started to pick up and then sites started to get built for mobile because people were using their iPhones so much more and the user experience got as good as using your desktop or your laptop. 
And that's when it's so much more convenient to have a thing in your pocket that it flipped from that sort of like little 10% thing to like 75 and it happened really fast. Um, I think the same is true for voice search. So right now, using voice search to buy a product is very difficult. It is not as ideal as being on your phone or being on your laptop or desktop. You don't get all you know the best price. You're not hunting around. You're not necessarily getting the most reviews. But all these big companies, Amazon with Alexa, Apple with Siri, Google with their voice search, they all see this as the future and they're putting tons and tons of research and engineers into getting that user interaction to be so easy that it's as easy to buy something using your voice as it is going on your mobile phone, typing it in or going on your laptop. It just hasn't gotten there yet. So it's really just a user um, problem. It's not there. The technology is not there yet, but it will. And when that happens, you will see a very, yeah. How, how do you I mean, be Amazon for, like, stores that, oh. that invested in mobile? Like they, they were good. Uh, if you had mobile dialed in before um, the iPhone, then you're in a good spot. Like how do you get ready for, um, you know, that, that switch to 50% of your purchases being voice? That seems crazy to say it that high, but you know, how do you get ready for that? Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different than mobile was with SEO because there's actually three big players. Amazon is right now the biggest player when it becomes voice search and buying. So if you're on Amazon, how you're optimized on Amazon, if someone wants to buy X, Y, and Z, are you, are you the one that's selling it to them? Are you the first one that shows up? That's the one that's going to place that order. So that optimization is really important. Your Amazon optimization, which I'd imagine a lot of your customers, if not all of them, have some sort of Amazon integration. So that's a really important point. That's, that's I don't even know, probably like 75 to 90% of, of voice transactions in e-commerce are happening on Amazon using Alexa today. Um, the other piece is it, structured data is what powers voice search. So structured data is you know basically... When you search for something on your desktop and it comes back and it shows you like what they call a rich result. So it's not just 10 blue links anymore. It shows you something that's featured. You ask it a question, it gives you the answer. That's all powered by this language. So having your site just optimized for structured data, which isn't the hardest thing in the world. There's lots of solutions. We're one of them, but um, that's a really important piece, but it's more competitive because it's so important that last point of transaction, whether it's on Amazon or it's on Google, um, is really important. And it's going to get easy enough to make a voice query to get that product. Um, right now, to be honest, the winner is Amazon. It's not Google. Amazon's the easier platform. They've got a head start. So getting optimized there is probably right now the most important thing. And then structured data on top of that, which is what Google uses for voice search, will be really important in the future. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Um, do, do you see, do you see Google making strides forward, or, or I guess maybe anybody else that would be in this position, to, to basically, you know, essentially, hey Siri, you know, buy me, uh, find a new moleskin journal to buy or something. Right. I'm looking at it on my desk. Like I, mm -hmm. on Amazon, that that process is pretty dialed in. We've got the Alexa in the kitchen. Yeah. Hey, reorder this. 
put the pin code in and, and you don't even have to have the pin, but we do because the kids buy crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> like it, it is how far off is Google on being able to do that with um, rather than all of the products that Amazon has, like all of the data and the product data that Google has out in the market. Like how are they progressing with that? Do you see anybody making big moves? Um, how can well, they're all making really, yeah, they're all making really big moves. Um, it's where, who stores your payment method? So Apple Pay has become, you see how hard they're pushing Apple Pay. Same thing with Google Wallet, right? You have your payment information there. If a site is integrated with those two solutions, then you can check out anywhere. So making sure your checkout stuff is seamless as these solutions start to drive more volume using voice search, that's really important. Um, they all see this as the future that, and, and by all, I mean like those three plus eBay see this as like where people are going and making it, you know, user friendly. Um, so that's, that's kind of where you watch is like, how does the, how does the transaction happen? And at some point it will happen on google.com. It already is happening in, in like books and videos and movies and stuff on Apple. It's obviously happening across the board on Amazon. So making sure that you have that sort of checkout capability when the volume starts coming so that you're one of the players that get the transactions will be really important. But I think, yeah, you start it with what's in, you know, where are they paying from? If they're, you know, they're paying a ton from their amazon.com prime account and they're starting to feel comfortable doing it with like Apple in the Apple wallet and all that. So, um, that's where I'd start is being like, am I integrated at a checkout level with all these yeah. different providers? Good, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold myself back from going too deep because I I, I kind of want to rabbit holes there. But um, yeah. yeah, what I'm really hearing from that part is is have structured data set up and running. Like you like don't do it after the fact. Kind of like sites scrambled to get or uh, brands scrambled to get a mobile friendly site put up. Like once the iPhone came out, it's like that's a little yeah better than nothing. Um, but it's a little yep. late, right? And the checkout part's actually counterintuitive where, you know, should you have Apple pay on your site? Should you have Google pay on your site? Like maybe, I don't know if it's not that much of a, a share of checkout, like why bother? But when you put it in that perspective of like when Google cracks, you know, hey, Google, buy me my water bottle or something like they're, they're going to send it to those stores, right? So like having structured data, the reviews, the authority built up and the checkout part makes, makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. how, how do you guys help with that? We, we're we're, we're kind of coming up on time. Give us a little more context um, on like how Huckabye can help with this as uh, as we wrap up and how like listeners should be kind of thinking of Huckabye as a piece of their stack. Yeah, so we are sort of the technical SEO piece of the stack for our customers. So there's four products. Um, the first is automation of world-class structured data, which is our very first product. The second is dynamic rendering, an auto, you know, full dynamically rendered version of the site that's much easier for Google to, Google to crawl. You get, you know, all these, you know, a lot more pages indexed and all this good stuff. Um, we didn't get into that one much. The third is then page speed, which is taking your site from wherever it is up to a really fast page speed, which is great for SEO. And it's also great for conversion rate and, you know, user interaction. Um, and then the fourth is our content curator which is this ability to sort of easily in 10 minutes post something, write a sh sh quick comment and get a new unique piece of content on a page that's important to you in e-commerce world that 99% of the time is a category page. Um, that's, how we, that's how we help. If you do all four, you're probably growing pretty fast and up to the right. 
um, which is what we want to see. You know, if you're if you're using all four products, your SEO is growing. Even if you're using a couple, but all four, you're definitely growing pretty quickly. I want to ask you as we kind of wrap up. I'm going to summarize in a second, but is there is there any like big insights or things we didn't dig into today that you think are important um, for for brands to be paying attention to when it comes to SEO? I know I know they could go into a lot, but are there any big pieces that you feel like oh we didn't hit that part? It's it's important for these brands. I think knowing that SEO is more important than we give it credit for. If you look at the true analytics and not any sort of last click or um, typical Google Analytics, SEO is way more valuable than, than it gets any sort of credit because their incentive is to have that last click attribution, whether it's PPC or it's display or Facebook or Instagram, they're capturing that last click and they want to give it credit because you're paying for it. Um, SEO, if you take kind of where it, what it's doing today in, in real reality, it's really kind of double what it's doing for you today. So if it's 30% today, it's really kind of 60%. If it's, you know, so it's, it's just a much bigger channel. The analytics, all the analytics providers are incentivized to, to have your paid channels getting credit for these purchases. But in reality, it's actually SEOs that starts it. And then the other piece is that when you talk about building a brand, nothing builds a brand better than a number one organic search ranking. There's so much trust and just seeing it and impressions and all of that. Um, it's so undervalued as a branding thing. Um, it's, it's one of the most important branding channels by a long shot of, of any, any sort of e-commerce channel you can imagine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you digging in on everything here. Um, there's uh there's a lot of angles to SEO guys, but um, I hope that this has given you kind of an overview of what you should be focused on. Um, and definitely speaking from my own experience with SEO, it's it's possible to get overwhelmed with the technical aspect of it and just feel like you know like like it's daunting essentially. But if you really boil down um, you know some of the things um, that Jeff has shared here, like some of the things that stand out to me uh, is making content and a good content strategy a part of what you're doing, so a part of your product strategy a part of your category page strategies. Um, you do need some tech to do that, but it's not um, super, super complex to get in place, especially if you have a tool like Huckabye. Um, page speed, um, you know, that is something that, that can be super complicated unless, uh, you know, depending on what tools you're using, but definitely really important. Um, I don't think that stuff's going to be really new for everybody listening, but I hope that this has given you guys kind of a, a look at what you should be focused on over the next 12 months or so. And then this future proofing stuff, like I want it to be on record uh, here, you know, voice search and you know, that may not be a big priority for you at this point, but when the iPhone of voice search comes out, when, when whoever solves it, <laughs> solves it, it's going to be super important. And um, what I'm hearing is it's not that complex of how to like be ready for that, have structured data dialed in and, you know, get, get Google pay on your site, um, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and Apple pay. So um, this has been really, really helpful. Um, what's the best way for listeners to continue the conversation with you as we wrap up here, Jeff? Yeah, on LinkedIn is definitely my most active spot. It's Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, Atkinson, and uh, the company's called Huckabye. So it's easy to find me there. Um, you're always welcome. We give podcast listeners 30-day uh, free trials as well as like 10 to 20% discounting on products. So if they come through, fill out a form, mention the podcast, they'll be in really good hands. And usually um, I'll be on those calls because they're podcast listeners and they've heard me talk for whatever it's been, 20 minutes already. So um, yeah, love to meet your audience and 
we'll make sure they're taken care of if they if they come through the Huckabye pipeline. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll get that in the show notes, guys. Um, so you have the link, uh, but it's huckabye.com. You can check it out there and just mention the podcast. And Jeff, I appreciate it, man. This has been super helpful. Thanks for your time. Thanks, John. That was great. Thanks for tuning in to e-commerce town hall. For more resources related to today's episode, visit ecommercetownhall.com. And don't forget to check out Helpflow. Helpflow provides 24-7 live chat teams to over 100 e-commerce stores and can drive more sales while providing an awesome customer experience through their live chat agents. Helpflow's done-for-you 24-7 live chat team can predict and save abandons directly on your website by engaging with chat. They can also use conversational upsells to increase average order value in a way that feels good to visitors. Ultimately, they're going to provide an overall amazing brand experience to your customers. Learn more today at helpflow.com.